0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have guitar tech for Brothers Osborne, Zach Rickard. You're going to hear his story of growing up in Wyoming, the son of a piano professor and the owner of a music store, and his early memories of working on guitars as a kid. You'll also hear the story of how he picked up the job as Brothers Osborne's guitar tech, stories from the road, and the time he got to hold Willie Nelson's trigger guitar. I had a great time talking to Zach. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life doors are jab, you gotta duck out of How are you doing today, Zach? Doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So getting hey. right into your story, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
1: Yeah, Um. so I grew up kind of in the middle of nowhere. I'm in a little town in eastern Wyoming called Laramie, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, So just kind of the middle of nowhere, not much going on. But uh, my dad did own a music store. Oh, cool. As well as my whole family is pretty musical. So my mother was a piano professor at the University of Wyoming. Oh, very cool. Dad was a band director, turned into a music store owner uh so music was just kind of all around but it was always like classical music for the most part gotcha. uh, but because my dad owned a music store I was around guitars starting when I was like 10 or 12 and it just grabbed me you know pretty quickly you know once I especially as a kid like I would get into like rock and metal and like listen to dudes just lay down riffs and I was just like I have I have to do that and just got obsessed with guitar so I started buying them and then because I was just in a music store you know I started you know tweaking truss rods and doing stuff far younger than I ever should have for sure but you know my dad was there to help me and he'd been doing it for a while so I just started working on guitars as a kid Mm -hmm. and just kind of yeah fell in love with it and always did that and then played guitar as well and then about the time I was 17 I moved out and discovered that paying bills is harder than I thought so yes. I started playing in country bands because I was like, man, that's where the money's at, you know, mm-hmm. well, in Wyoming, obviously. And the next thing I knew, I actually fell in love with the music as well. But yeah, so then I just started playing with country bands all the time. This is out in Wyoming still.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was playing and then working on guitars throughout the week and doing that and then trying to figure out how to get into the industry because, you know, I always wanted to tour, wanted to do that. I tried college for a little bit really didn't enjoy it and couldn't find you know I'd go through that list of majors and be like I don't want to do that I don't want to do that I don't want to do that absolutely not you know and I was like Holy, I just want to do there's no like degree for that you know um didn't even realize Belmont was a thing at the time uh but then yeah so kept trying to do that and was trying to figure out where to move and then continued just working on guitar so then on the weekends I would drive down to Denver and work with different luthiers down there. Dudes that knew like, you know, full on acoustic rebuilds, things like that. So I'd work with them that way I could get better and better at doing that. I uh, worked with a dude. He helped me build an acoustic. So I was just basically spending as much time as I could just getting my hands on guitars, learning how to do, you know, more and more things, vintage restoration, kind of more detailed things. Um, yeah. And then. At some point when I was just trying to figure out how to get there, I remember a dude was just like, man, really, a lot of the music industry is just the being at the right place at the right time. I'm like, totally. Well, that's cool. I don't really know how to make that happen. You know, thanks for the advice. And then at some point I was like, well, if I just go to the right place, all I have to do is wait for the right time. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, well, I guess in Nashville, it's pretty much always the right place. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, shoot, I should do that. So. Yeah, at that point, I had known one luthier that in Denver that I worked with had also worked at Groon and Gibson back in the day before he moved. So I talked with him and he was graciously put me in contact with a few of those guys, came and visited Nashville, interviewed with Groon and Gibson and a few other people. And at the end of that weekend, uh, Gibson Custom at the time was doing most of their uh, the relicking and aging for like the Tom Murphy stuff they were doing that out of house Mm -hmm. um, just because it's kind of a harder thing to teach for like a factory worker or whatever. So they had uh, contracted that out. And by the end of the weekend, they basically told me if you move to Nashville, we might be able to give you work. We might be able to. (laughs) Yeah. And at 20 years old, I was like done. I don't need anything more. Yeah. (laughs) so I packed up everything I owned, uh, found like a room in a house on Facebook with, total strangers and came out and thankfully I was able to find work doing that Gibson thing. So I did that for about probably two and a half, three years. Basically I would come in and out of Gibson once a week. They would give me some Les Pauls and then I would copy different old guitars and age them and make them look like certain models or whatnot and do that. And then just started networking as much as I could meeting anybody and everybody go to every show, you know, kind of the the standard Nashville thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I would start like, and i at the time, you know, I was like, I, I still want to play too. So I would just play with anybody and everybody I could, no one, you know, huge or anything, just random dudes on Broadway, whatever mm-hmm. I could do. So play guitar. And then as I was doing that, what ended up happening was, you know, I'd play with people and tell them what my day job was and they would be like oh do you work on guitars too and I'm like yeah of course sure and they'd be like I have a guitar that you should work on like Mm -hmm. if you can and so I just started being like yeah of course you know and then so next thing I knew I was slowly getting a lot of people that would just call me and be like can you work on my guitar for me yeah and I was like yeah of course so I'm doing that kind of on the side just out of my house and but the end goal was always I just wanted to be on the road I had Yeah. yeah I mean, you yeah. know, once it gets you, it gets you. Um, so sure. I was trying to figure that out. But then, I mean, the issue is always at this point, I am 23 years old. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, the only artists that can afford a guitar tech are kind of more well-established artists. Right. But for the most part, they always want someone who's also well-established in the touring industry, mm-hmm. which I was not. I'd never even set foot on a bus. Yeah, So I ended up slowly getting my name thrown in for these gigs, places where I probably didn't shouldn't have been thrown in, but I was, you know. And every time I would interview, they'd be like, man, you seem cool. You know your stuff. You've never even been on a bus. So we're gonna pick this other dude because he knows what he's doing. And i and I get that absolutely, you know. So I was just like, well, okay. So continued just doing the thing in town, was getting frustrated just because I was like, I don't know how to get the touring experience without. Getting a touring job, you know. Right. So I was trying to do that. And then ended up taking another job at a guitar company called Novo Guitars, kind of like a boutique company here in town. Was working for them for a while. And then, in you know, the wildest way that all Nashville things work, a buddy of mine called me and he was like, Hey man, do you still want to tech? And I was like, Yeah, they're not gonna say yes, but sure. (laughs) You know, and he was like, Okay, uh, I threw your name in for Brothers Osborne they really need a tech like last minute. And I was like, mm. great. Love those dudes. Send it over, you know? And so basically it turns out what had happened was they had another tech. And at the time they were starting a uh, direct support slot under Dirk Bentley. So it was larger crowds than than usual. And they were just having to really, you know, have a good show have everything nailed and the brothers that tends to be a very guitar heavy show as well. So they kind of needed some sort of emphasis on that. And so they had another dude, he wasn't doing great Mm -hmm. and it's midsummer, So everyone is already hired and on the road. So they were a little desperate, which desperation played in and it was perfect, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right place, right time. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So basically this dude, um, It was the most random. So John, one of the brothers, is married to another artist, Mm -hmm. uh, Lucy Silvis. So John told Lucy he needed a tech. Lucy told her band. Her drummer then texted this other guy, a guy named Dan Kinzer, who plays with Kane Brown now, texts him and says, do you know any good guitar techs? Dane then vouches for me to Danny, who I've never met. Danny then vouches for me to Lucy and John. John throws my name in and says, all right, call this guy. Mm -hmm. So never having met anyone in this world at all, um, the tour manager and production manager called me and said, can you sit down like tomorrow? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, sure. Of course. You know, so I took my lunch break at Novo and went and took another job interview. Um, Sat with them. We chatted for a while. And, you know, same thing where I was just like, look, man, I'm going to be honest. I've never toured in my life but I assure you I'm going to work harder than the other dudes and I'm going to learn faster. So that's not going to be an issue for you. Yeah you, you you let me at it and I will go, you know? And he was like, yeah, okay, fine. You know? So then they called me the next morning. They were like, yeah, man, if you can start Friday, we're going and clear your schedule for the next six months. Wow. And I was like, okay. So then, yeah. So my first gig, first time I'd ever set foot on a tour bus was my first day at work with the bros. Never met them before. I met them about 30 minutes before they're set. Um and we opened for Eric Church in Ohio. It was like 24,000 people, which is more than my hometown's population and that was my first day at work. Wow. <laughs> and I remember just being like what what am I doing? This is <laughs> This is insane. Yeah. And so at that point, it was just like I would take notes every single day. Like I was carrying around a notepad, writing everything I could down. Mm-hmm. Every other guitar tech on the stage, I would just like go talk to him and be like, how do you do this? What are you doing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Any advice? Help me. I'm brand new. Yeah. And somehow I've now been with the bros going on. This will be my fifth year with them. And somehow they still haven't fired me. So here That's we awesome. are. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: yeah. I'm- I want to pick back up in this part of the conversation here in a minute. But so growing up, you mentioned some classical music, some rock music. What are some mm-hmm. artists or albums that stick out to you that kind of you remind pulling you into music, wanting you to just kind of dive in?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely got into the shred guys early, you know, my so my dad was also a guitar player, so he would, you know, give me like Jeff Beck. I remember he gave me Jeff Beck's Blow by Blow
0: r.i.p recently
1: i know absolutely he gave me steve fly passionate warfare joe satriani i can't remember exactly which album but i would just listen to those over and over
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know at the time i couldn't even play guitar i was like you know 10 or 12 so i'm just sitting there air guitaring along with them whatever got huge into those um bunch of metal bands i eventually switched you know i loved all sorts of metal bands like there's a band called of god tons of great riffs and i would just We'll sit there and learn those over and over and play them as wrong as possible. But just so excited that I could play anything, you know, I do a lot of that. Yeah. And then eventually that switched into country just because in Wyoming, that's all that's there, you know? So, so yeah, I just playing the random bars. I remember I played with a, uh, this band called Allison draw. It was pretty much like myself and a bunch of like 60 year old dudes. Cause that's just what the scene was. Yeah. And I remember the steel player would always say, you know, if Merle ain't done it, I ain't doing it you know so it's very traditional old country and nothing else but that was a great way to cut my teeth because I felt like that was actually a weird cool step straight from rock into like you know like a Dwight Yoakam kind of like Bakersfield thing made sense to me really quickly yeah
0: It's cool. You mentioned the steel. So that's actually kind of what got me into music. My grandpa's played steel his whole life. And I, as a a fellow musician, it's just crazy seeing just even even though I'm related to him, seeing someone rip on the steel, I'm just like, there's so much going on here, you know, Yeah, level, everything, you know. So as a guitar tech, what's your outlook on the steel? And I mean,
1: is it probably one of the hardest instruments to learn, in your opinion? That million percent. It's so funny you say that. I uh literally, so we have about three months off right now, just trying to, you know, go through a record cycle and all that jazz. And I actually called our steel player because he has about four of them. And I was like, I want to learn. Can wow. I borrow one? So I actually have one in my house right now. I was playing it just last night. It's impossible. It's <laughs> so hard. Yeah. Do they, are they are, single or double yeah. neck? Uh this one's just a single. It's you know, three, three bottom pedals, four up um yeah it's wildly complicated so that's and then also because we tour with one I wanted to kind of slowly learn how to actually work on it and go on the insides but yeah they are yeah anyone who plays steel well I respect them more than anything that's for sure
0: <laughs> are you learning uh using uh Jimmy Day tuning or Buddy Emmons
1: uh just a Nashville E9 tuning. I got you
0: very cool so uh, when you first meet the brothers, do you remember any specific conversations with them? Kind of just getting to know them. Any funny moments? Right when you first yeah, them?
1: absolutely. Yeah, I'm. So um, we definitely, you know, we the first time I ever met them right before the show is kind of funny because they had no idea who I was. You know, they don't know what I know or what I don't know. So it was to the point where they were like, "Yeah, man. So for ain't my fault. Um, I'm gonna need the red guitar." Mm-hmm. It's like. I mean, you can call it a 335, but like, I swear, I know, I know some things, I promise, you know. <laughs> but, you know, they never knew, you know, when I had right. started, I like, what do you need me to do that the other dude didn't? And they were like, put a capo on the right fret. I don't know. Plug it in. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, I can handle that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the first thing that I really bonded with them over is I'm a huge vintage guitar nut, mm-hmm. you know loved them since i was a kid and then especially like working at gibson that's all i would do is replicate old guitars and i love them and the brothers are very much you know obsessed with vintage guitars in the same way that i am so i was within a few weeks it was every time john and i would talk it was just like look at this reverb listing of this dumb guitar you know that is so cool you know and that's Mm -hmm. all we would talk about for a long time is just vintage guitars and yeah that was definitely great um yeah went through some growing pains as we all do you know and i think my third weekend i accidentally broke a les paul <laughs> and which was not the greatest day but yeah i remember i had to go talk to john and i'm like hey your les paul is broken into half and he just started laughing and was like yeah that one was a loner anyway i don't even care <laughs> you know because i remember i'm sitting there like i'm fired this is it the game is over you know they'll still yeah. make fun for it but yeah yeah, really good dudes. I'm very blessed to be out with those guys for sure.
0: Do you have a favorite tour that you guys have been a part of, either headlining or on an opening slot?
1: Um, Man, I mean, we've been lucky to do so much. You know, they kind of slip in and out of the commercial country into the, like kind of the Americana scene. Probably mm-hmm. my absolute favorite, though. We did the uh, Willie Nelson's Outlaw Tour. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean already, but so we were the the first band that played that day, and then it went Alison Krauss, Bonnie Raitt, and Willie Nelson.
0: Insane lineup. Yeah,
1: it was like I would pack the truck as fast as humanly possible, and then just go sit in front of house and just soak in that whole show. Like that was, yeah, that's that's a tour I would absolutely relive that one anytime. Yeah, that was really great. <laughs>
0: It's cool you bring that up, too, because I saw on your Instagram, you actually had a picture where you're holding Willie Nelson's trigger guitar. Yeah, What's it feel to just like, do you remember just holding like history in your hand? just like trying to soak that in. Like, what was that like?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Unru- yeah. So that was the the first show we ever played with Willie um, was this. weird? It was a strawberry festival down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a dual headlining sort of thing where Willie Nelson headlined at 3 p.m. kind of for the Blue Hairs. And then at like 9 p.m. We headlined. So is very strange um but because of that we loaded in first mm-hmm. and the whole day i was just like i really want to butter this guy up like i really want to touch trigger i want to learn about it everything so like i as we're setting up i set my stuff up as far back as i possibly could left the prime spot for um tom who's willie's tech left everything good i pulled power for him so when he came in i was like here's this here's this i have this already ready for you he was like And thank you you know so i'm just buttering him up Mm -hmm. and he turns out he's one of the nicest humans but yeah and then i just spent the whole day just asking him questions learning because that's i you know that's a big thing of any of this is just talk to dudes ask them their stories learn how to do it i'm sure you've learned this as much as anybody yeah yeah and then eventually when he pulled out trigger i was just like i felt like we sort of built enough of a rapport that i could like look at the guitar and ask him a little more so that I'm asking him questions about like how they maintained it, what they did with like the frets, you know, as nerdy as you can get, he pulls out the guitar and I'm asking about the frets. Um, But yeah. And so as he's doing that, I was like, can I touch it? (laughs) And he was like, yeah, man, of course. You
0: know? So I got to play like,
1: I played like the first couple bars of blue eyes crying in the rain. And it was just like, that's, that's it. That's the sound. It was, yeah. One of the coolest moments of my life for sure. That's so dope
0: now working in the guitar sector of the country music industry who do you think's honestly at their top of the top of the game right now i mean whether that be an artist like brad or keith or a touring uh guy playing guitar on the road who do you think's the best guitarist in country right now
1: oh man i don't know that's i mean they're all great you know nobody nobody gets there accidentally you know for sure all of these dudes out here are just amazing um Obviously, I mean, the bros are great, you know, Keith Urban, Brad, all of those dudes are great. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys have just absolute ringers in their band. I mean, I think you interviewed Tyler from Morgan Wallen. Like, yeah, that dude is one of the scariest players in Nashville. He's unreal, you know? Yeah. Um. I mean, Brooks and Dunn, they have Jeff King out with them. He's, you know, recorded a million records. He's just unreal. I mean. Yeah, that's I mean, I could never pick a favorite. There's so many good dudes and a lot of them, you know, come from different genres and bring in different styles. And I think that's what makes a lot of these artists so special is that they're actually stealing kind of tips and tricks from all these other worlds that the guitar players have grown up in. But yeah, I don't I don't think I could ever pick a favorite, man. there's so. (laughs) I mean, it's every time you listen to somebody play, you could pick something else new up from them for sure for sure now just to pick your
0: brand or brain too as someone that works on guitars i thought it was so cool when i saw marty stewart he had he had a g bender in his acoustic i have have to think that that's a pretty hard process to be able to build that in right
1: absolutely yeah um yeah and marty has always been a big proponent of benders Thankfully, um with the brothers we tour with a couple of b benders Mm -hmm. love them you know and that's so yeah marty gets that it's all based off of i mean he a drummer designed all of that you know that was gene parsons and clarence that did that way back in the day which like have you seen the telly that marty has that also has you know the original yeah, bend in it? yeah like that stuff is to me is just so fascinating and i love it yeah yeah Marty marty is an incredible player yeah but that's yeah especially like you know putting it in an acoustic is one thing and then being able to maintain it for sure is another thing you know and kudos to the guys that travel with him keeping all that stuff together as well you know
0: for sure now kind of going back a little bit too when you first moved to Nashville you talked about networking what would like any tips you have be that something you picked up and uh being young in town just kind of trying to yeah
1: yeah man um don't be afraid to put yourself out there because I think every single one of us that have moved to town done this and gotten through it We have all had to be that dude that says, hi, I don't know anybody. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And so at this point, like, just reach out to people because they had somebody help them when they started. And so a lot of us are more than willing to do the same thing. You know, if someone calls me tomorrow and says, hey, I just moved to town. Help me. I'd say, cool, let's go get a beer right now. I'll teach, you know, you know, I don't we're all making it up, but I'll give you anything I can. Um, yeah. yeah. Same, you know, message. I would just message random people on Instagram that I was like, Hey, it looks like you're doing well. You're doing what you're doing. Is there a chance I could buy you dinner at some point, anything, you know, mm-hmm. um, meet people. I think one of the biggest things that I would say is, um, try to meet people with intentionality and, you know, cause like really this whole business, it's all relationships. Yeah. it's all who you know, how you know them whatever. And so it's I would say you know just try and be friends with people first. you know don't meet people and be like, hi, I'm new to town. I know you do things. what kind of jobs can you get me? you know if if you go into it like that, you know they're immediately going to be like, okay, I don't want to hit you know but if you right. just be people's friends, be present. Then at the time when they do need to send somebody a phone number for something, then, you know, so that's I think that's the biggest thing is just actually be friends with all the people out here, create real relationships, because that's when you'll actually get past work is because no one's going to refer the guy that they only met once and they don't know anything about it. But if you're the dude that hangs out with them, talks to them about real life things and you're good at your job that's, that's when you'll actually have luck. You know, I think being very intentional about just being a good human helps. I mean, goes, goes a long ways.
0: Yeah. Now I like to close my interviews by asking, uh, what a piece of advice is that you've learned along your journey. I know you just touched on a bunch of points there. Is there anything else yeah. that uh, you feel like you'd give advice to your younger self or someone that just moved to town anything else other than the networking?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, the networking is big, but I think just, Working hard, you know, and not being, fra- knowing that it's going to take a long time, no matter what, mm-hmm. and being willing to be poor and work, you know, be willing to be that guy that worked a bartending shift till 3 a.m. and then woke up at six to get back into it and do that thing. Yeah. And just, you know, be willing to just work so hard that and be present, you know. I think if you're not in the room, you're not going to get that call if you're not around you know so it's you know don't wait for somebody else to just randomly call you out of nowhere and be like hey do you want a job like you got to get in there get present be working your ass off and at some point they'll be like oh you're the guy you know so i think yeah just be intentional work hard you know never take it for granted either you know i know a lot of us have gotten to a point where you get to do really cool things and never let that stop being special for sure you know because it's still incredible every time you know
0: well guys there you have it my conversation with zach rickard zach thank you again so much for coming on the show i had a great time talking with you everyone go follow him on instagram at zach rickard music and make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with josh mcafee bassist for dylan schneider check out starting small music on youtube to see all the video content from our interviews And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram, at Starting Small Music, and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.